going on welcome welcome uh to the taz show yes i'm he taz i uh, hope everybody's doing good and fine and dandy as we say uh gonna do a little taz haul in this episode some great uh, questions from you people on the instagram my uh, official instagram which is taz talk t-a-z-t-a-l-k so we have a plethora of questions in there and uh we pulled them all we will get we didn't pull them all we pulled the better ones so we'll get to them uh, thanks for downloading this episode at Apple Podcast uh, Or maybe through Stitcher or Spotify uh, It's all appreciated Wherever you get your podcast, You're probably pulling the, the Taz show into your life And I also want to say uh, Give a review if you don't mind I haven't said this in a long time Remember I used to make fun of everyone doing that And then I used to do it That used to promote Say please give me a review Go on iTunes or Apple Podcast And put me over and give me five stars I'm doing that too I used to not say that Then I made fun of everyone that does say that Of the host Then I started begging you people To do the same thing Then I stopped for like, I don't know, a year Now I'm back Telling you, put me over on Apple Podcasts uh, Five stars all the way through Strong compliments about my charm My demeanor, my charisma And how damn good looking I am Okay, make sure you put me over And then I'm giving you insight That oh, mofos don't really give you you know what I'm saying? And uh, spitting it out the right way A uh, little tardy on the, You know, it's been a little while since I dropped the pod And I know some of you people stuck on Oh, where's the podcast? Where's my free lunch? Right, 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 right You start bitching So I'm here to give you a show, okay? You're getting your free lunch right now I, I My goal was last week to give you two or three podcasts It's the end of the year And I'm busy with business stuff Because as I told you, 2020 is going to be different For the human suplex machine, different than it's been So I'm working on a lot of different things uh, And that's no excuse that I wasn't able to drop enough podcasts But, you know, for the price you guys are currently paying for these shows uh, Please, don't complain Let's be smart here Okay, <laughs> freebie Jones. That's what we call that. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm, you know, I'm working. I'm always on. My goal is to always give you people more and more and more. So when I tell you I'm working on things for 2020, it's all about you, not me. Okay, I'm just trying to get paid, motherfuckers. That's all I'm trying to do. But I'm going to put you guys over. I'm going to give you content. I'm going to do all that stuff. I'm also saying that 2020 is definitely going to be different. It's going to be. Uh, I've, I've hinted at it heavily. Soon, I will come right out and say how things are changing a little bit for me uh, And what my goals are, what my true concentration is going to be and where it belongs So I think enough of you are smart enough to know what I'm talking about And I'm excited about as far as uh, what I'm doing and what I've been doing and stuff like that It's time to keep my creative juices flowing, let's just put it at that Also, before I get into the Taz Hall I have to tell you that you people have been great You've been uh, throughout this whole 
Black Friday Jones 10-day sale that was going on at TazShirts.com. Uh, man, a whole bunch of shirts sold, and I want to thank you guys for that. Um, the hottest seller was the Half and Half Machine. Okay, the newest shirt that's actually $19.99 right now at TazShirts.com. Um, and then I'm looking for the, the second one. I had the piece of paper here. The second hottest seller. Uh, was the original human suplex machine shirt Just called the original That one's $24.99 And then the third highest one Believe it or not uh, We come in with the old school Tasmaniac shirt The first ever Tasmaniac shirt Oh no, the other Tasmaniac I'm sorry, the Tasmaniac one The one that says the dojos of Tasmania And it's a picture of me when I was in the Tasmaniac garb So those were the ones that, the hottest, that were the hottest sellers So I want to thank you guys for that I, I want to start doing that more And telling you guys which shirts are selling the best The previous week, if you care, before the sale happened Was the, uh, what do you call it, the bump card shirt The Taz food truck shirt That was number one, that's $21.99 And the second highest seller was the FTW throwback And then the third highest seller, this was the previous week Was the Survive If I Let You shirt That's just a close-up of my face, black and white Jones it says survive if I let you And it says human suplex machine That too is $19.99 <laughs> So there's your little plug Go buy yourself a shirt Support me, okay You like you guys like the show for free Any support you can give always helps You know um, that, that That's greatly appreciated If you can support me, that'd be great I appreciate it because I try to give you guys as much stuff I can give you uh, Alright, so we got a lot to get into uh, Here we go Individuals It is I, Bowami. And welcome to the Taz Hall. Let your voices be heard. All right, here we go. We got the Notaro Cost. Man, this cat has given questions before, and I fuck his name up all the time. All right, here we go. He says, uh, hey, Taz, what really happens when you say you're taking a break during the podcast? Do you just immediately start the next portion Or do you really take a break Oh gee whiz um, I actually do take a break I gather my notes, all my prep And I uh, maybe I might run into the men's room here I might do that real quick It actually is a break I can come back from the break anytime I want There has been twice, two times Probably better English That I did come right back That I didn't actually take a break And that's, I've done a lot of podcasts So I usually do actually take a break. Now, it's funny you ask that question, the Notorok Toast Cust. Um, I probably fucking butchered your name again. The thing is, just so you know, just to pull back the curtain. So sometimes, as you know, when you listen to the podcast, and I say, okay, we're going to go to break, yada, yada, and we go to break. And a lot of times you'll hear some commercials. You'll actually hear commercial in the break. And then sometimes you actually will hear no break, and it'll just be me coming right back with, you know, some music bringing you back. I, now, truth be told here, again, this is the pulling the curtain part. Per, bleh, take two. This is the pulling the curtain part back. Those are basically automatic commercials. I don't know if that commercial is going to be there or not. And you can actually listen to, let's say, this episode twice. And then once the break spot happens, you'll hear a commercial. Then you might listen to the same fucking episode a third time. And that same spot, and there'll be no commercial. I have no fucking idea It's all digitally done Like computerized digital Jones Way above my pay grade Nothing to do with me Can't help you But if you need the proper way To learn how to take or give A front headlock takedown Or a hip toss I'm your guy 
Manny.aid. Okay. Thoughts on AEW throwing shade at WWE with the whole Britt Baker situation. At Taz Talk, hashtag Taz Hall, uh, hashtag Taz is wrestling. Uh, it's I think it's fucking hilarious, to be honest with you. And for those that don't know what Manny's talking about, so uh, Adam Cole, uh, that's Adam Cole. Adam Cole and Britt Baker are an item, and Adam Cole's a big star in WWE, you know NXT, and obviously um, Britt Baker's a big star with uh, you know with with AW. So I was surprised, and I think I talked about it, but during the NXT Takeover gimmick um, and during uh, uh, Cole's match, you know. Baker was in the front row and like she was holding, putting her hands in front of her face because I think it was a situation where <clears throat> uh, he was selling, where he was hurt, so she was looked concerned in the front row. And it's now become, I think they call it the Britt Baker Challenge. So that's because uh, I follow Britt Baker, she follows me, so I see all these people tweeting her with this thing. It's actually really funny, I got to tell you. So um, you know, it's uh, hands on your face. Um, how, how do I explain it? You know, like your concern, almost like praying hands, but it's not praying hands, that type of thing. You know, does that make sense? Something like that. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know. I just thought, I, I, I think it's funny. I mean, I don't think it's a, oh, because so you're talking about, maybe you're talking about the shade too, because when um, they did the exact same, they did the exact, exact same bit on AEW when, uh, I'm trying to remember what was the match. Shit. It was maybe... Nyla Rose, something happened if she bumped the ref through the table. Maybe that was the power bomb, and you saw Britt Baker in the front row doing the same thing she did at the WWE NXT show. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's funny shit to me. I laughed, you know, because I'm thinking, why would Britt Baker be in this, the audience? She's a star. She's works for AEW, and this is an AEW TV show. But I wasn't at the show. I wasn't backstage. I'm, I'm not privy to what, what they were doing or why they did it. But it's it's what we would call in the business. It's not shade. We would just call it a rib. It's just like they're fucking taking a shot. And then you had one of the announcers, maybe Excalibur, say, uh, um, "Hey, that's Adam Cole's girlfriend." That gets, <laughs> because that's what WWE did when they showed Britt Baker. Uh, they didn't say from NXT, but I'm sorry, from AEW. You, you get my point. I, dude, I don't know if it's shade. I think I think they should do more of this. It'd be funny if WWE came back and did something similar to them. It's just good. It's just yeah, it's, it's for fans. It's just it's funny. I don't know. I think it's entertaining. I, I have no problem with it. Some people might look deeper into it. I think it's great. I mean, I really do. I it's, to me that shit's funny. It keeps stuff fun, right? Keeps things uh you know entertaining per se. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm looking at Britt Baker's Twitter. Yeah, it's called the Britt Baker Challenge. Hashtag Britt Baker Challenge, and uh, <clears throat> so it's a bunch of people that are just doing different. The contemplating hands praying thing, and they're tagging Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Bay Bay. Okay, there you have it. So, uh, good stuff, though. Good question, right there. Good question, Manny Jones. Even though that's not your real name, but I hit you with a Jones because I felt like it. Well, else we got Mike FDL opinions on the new Fiend belt, hideous or not? Uh, plus, do you think they've given him the title too soon? Does he need the title? Hashtag I'm a mock. Hashtag Waterbreak Jones. Hashtag RTG. Um, I hate the belt. Um, I don't like it at all. Um, it's if you haven't seen it, it's the Fiend's mask face giant on the belt. I'm not a fan uh, at all. I, I'm not. You know, but I, I didn't. I'm not one of these guys who hated on the wood belt that that Daniel Bryan had either. But I, I think this is too much. Like, but and that's not me being old school. I just don't like it. You know, I, I just don't. I mean, he's he's gimmicky enough as it is. 
uh, with the mask and and the, 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 the gimmick he wears and the lighting treatment and all this jazz. Why make it even more gimmicky? Give him a tradition. Let him have a traditional the, the tr- traditional looking championship title. It, it kind of plays off of this, you know, crazy look. It just works instead of giving him a gimmicky belt. But it's also about business and merchandising. They can sell those replica titles uh, on their site and make money. So, you know, because a lot of young kids are going to want that, you know, and that's, that's at the end of the day, that's a big part of their market. So it's, you know, we're on a cusp of, you know, the holiday season here. And, you know, a lot of kids don't want that, might want that uh, for a holiday gift or, you know, Christmas gift under their tree or whatever, whatever holiday you support. I'm trying to be as PC as possible because that's what the fuck I do. Okay. Um, did they give him the title too soon? Oh, I don't know. The Bray Wyatt deal was going for a long time. He's worked hard. He's 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 a passionate guy. He's you know he's a very hard worker. His his legacy, family's legacy in the industry, obviously. Also, um, I remember I was doing one of the specials after one of the fucking WWE shows on the radio on uh, CBS Sports Radio and all the broadcast stations. You know, and I don't remember what the hell show it was, but. <clears throat> Also, I know I did a live three-hour radio show with live phone lines, and gee whiz, man, just about 85% of the fucking phone calls were about The Fiend, the Bray Wyatt, what he was doing. He was I think that was kind of the beginning of The Fiend. I just really cannot remember anything what he did that night. All I know is the phone blew up about him, like, for three fucking straight hours, so so in long-winded form, I do not think that they... that. They gave him the title too soon. And also, does he need a title? No, probably not. But if you remember, uh, Mike, that a whole bunch of people for a whole bunch of time while he wasn't getting it, while he didn't have the title, were banging their feet and punching walls, saying Bray Wyatt should be champion. So now he gets the championship. Now you guys don't want the championship. Like, come on. I mean, you know, that's where you got to give WWE a little break. Seriously. So I, I don't... Um, I don't think he needs a title, but I got no problem with him having a title. I mean, the actual belt, not crazy about it, but whatever. That's neither here or there. Okay. What else we got? Uh, we got Metro Goon. Okay. What did you say? Uh, what do you say to the comparisons of Samoa Joe coming to commentary, uh, coming to commentary to you coming to commentary? So comparing me to Samoa Joe to commentary? Uh, first off, uh, I love Joe. He's my friend. You guys know that. I've had him on the show. We've been friends for a long time, and I respect him. We still talk once in a while. So uh, Joe's my guy. Um, I, I don't think there's much of a comparison, in my honest opinion, as far as the way we do commentary, um, because he's so new at this. This is not, you know, he's out on an injury, and I believe they're reevaluating him at the end of December to see if he can come back to the ring. So I, obviously, he has a future in commentary if he wants. I mean, I think Joe is definitely in his high 30s. If not, you know, maybe he hit 40 years old. I'm, I'm not sure. But, you know, I don't. it's tough to compare somebody, no matter if he's my friend or not, to me as far as the, the, the way commentary is done. I have – it's going to sound very self-serving, but I'm just being blunt. I have years and years and years of experience – and years and years of big events that I've called at the highest level um, where, you know, Joe's too so new at this. He's called a handful of shows. I mean, so uh, if that's what your question is as far as the comparison, I I think it's unfair. Same thing with what uh, AEW did. Um, recently, they put a poll on their Twitter account saying, well, who, who have you liked so far on AEW Doc as the color commentator? 
you know, and it was, was it Taz? Was it Dustin Rhodes? Was it, I mean, who else was on there? I can't remember. Was it Sean Spears? And and, and I can't remember the, the fourth. I apologize. But I don't like, that's why I tweeted back. I'm like, wait, and I love those guys. I'm like, I didn't know we were competing. I didn't know I was in a competition. Okay, but thanks. So I, apparently I won the poll, okay, by a lot, which, again, that's awesome. I appreciate all you guys voting. It has nothing to do with the fans or nothing to do with you guys. But I was really surprised that that happened. Like, I don't understand why they would put that poll up. How could you compare? And this is why it's tough for me to say this, because it sounds egotistical and self-serving, and I don't mean I'm just being blunt and honest and transparent like I always am out here. How do you compare me to somebody, all these other men that they listed that are really, like, have little to zero experience at doing commentary? I don't, just that, it's, it's not just an unfair thing to those other talents, but it's unfair to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I just meaning fair, not about winning the competition, about comparing somebody who's so experienced at something that's not. And I'm not getting on you, uh, Metro Goon. I'm just saying, like, I, I guess the natural comparison of comparing, I should say, uh, Joe and me, because of what I've done years ago, and now Joe's career was similar. You know, as, you know, I was the human suplex machine, and he, younger than me, is the Samoan submission machine, and the style, he was a towel on his neck, I wore a towel on my head, I, I understand all that, and, um, but, and now his career has taken a path, maybe, where he's ending up in the announce booth, I, I get that comparison too, and I think that's great, and if that um, is the route that Joe wants to go eventually, I think he'll kick ass and be great. But I'm saying as far as comparisons, it's I just think it's a little and again, it's not me throwing shade at anybody. I'm just being honest. Like I don't um I think fans relate or compare that Joe now is in the announce booth a little bit on Raw. And they and I've I can't tell you how many people have tweeted me once every time they see him on Raw at the announce desk. I mean, tons and tons of tweets. And it's you know, it's kind of tough to reply, you know. To all these tweets so it's like and i knew i would talk about it on the podcast i figured somebody would have a question on on taz hole here <clears throat> it, it yeah i i think it's awesome i think it's great for joe and i think he's doing a great job I, um <clears throat> but it's it, he's so new you know he's so new and and um uh it's tough uh it, i should say it like back to the aw thing about the poll when they're putting these other people on there like Every week, people who wrestle or work for AEW, and they, they have access to them, so they'll put them in the announce desk for Doc each week. You know, it's that that's smart because it doesn't cost them money. You know, they have someone there, and that okay, great. Uh, you know, this is a deep conversation for me as far as announcing. Forget WWE, forget AEW, forget all that. But as far as color commentary, you know, I do think this is see, this is like. I do feel that <clears throat> right now in the business, there is a little bit of a vibe for, with the smaller companies are the ones that are doing it more than anything else, where color commentators, former wrestlers or current wrestlers get an opportunity to be color commentators, and that's cool, but people hear a guy or a girl call one show and think that they're the greatest thing in the world. That's not how this job works. If you think someone's good at play-by-play or color commentary one time and you hear them one time and you think they're the cat's meow, okay, cool. 
people can kick ass in one show. People can kick ass in two shows. I got to hear you after like maybe eight months every week. Did you overstay your welcome? Are people sick of hearing of you? Are now they picking apart? Are you still in that honeymoon phase? See, that's why, like, if you, it's tough to compare people who have a lot of experience in the play-by-play or color commentator role to these other people. It's it's quasi-offensive, to be frank. <laughs> Again, just being blunt and transparent. And if, if that offends anyone, I apologize. I'm just being as real as fuck here. You know? So I we just saw... Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? NWA? You know, bringing in. Uh, uh, sorry, I got some bad luck. You know, bringing him in to do commentary. You know, okay, I, I, that's cool. And then MLW, they they have uh, the gentleman's name's escaping me, and who's doing color commentary and play by play. Um, different people on the AW Dark Show with Excalibur. I'm just saying, for for people in wrestling booking and wrestling promotions, there's a lot more to doing color commentary than just being able to speak English or just speak and string sentences together and have in-ring experience. There's a lot more to the job, believe me, like a ton. Maybe, I, maybe I'm a little bit jaded because I learned on the WWE system and as a, not as a wrestler, as an announcer. And I believe in the WWE system, the way they, they train announcers. I don't know how it is now, but the way I came up, I know how I was taught. And I know I wasn't just thrown on SmackDown really fast. I was groomed. You know, I was groomed on smaller shows behind the scenes and at the WWE studio. I was groomed doing dark matches in the WWE studio in Connecticut that no one ever heard. No one still hasn't heard with me and whoever it was, Jonathan Coachman, sometimes me. And if JR was there or Michael Cole, like just, just whoever was around, Kevin Dunn would have work with me and work and teach me. And that's how I came up doing it. And then working jacked and metal, working those shows. Or, or, and then once doing the Sunday Night Heat thing regularly, that's when I was really thrown to the fire. And then the SmackDown thing too, that was like, you know, so I'm just saying it was a little bit of a build up there. It takes time, but you know, you also, it's real tough. This is the last thing I'll say, and I'm moving on. It's real tough also where to, you, I just really believe you can't do color commentary full throttle, 100% successful over time if you're still looking to, let's say, be a world champion wrestler. I'm not saying I shouldn't say you can't. I just want to say it's more difficult because it's tough. You 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 cannot be afraid of putting people people over verbally. That's so I learned that from Vince McMahon himself. You know, sitting down with me before shows and having a conversation with me and teaching me. Just me and Vince. I mean, I I can't begin to tell you how much I learned from the man. You know, when I was really early on in this. You know, and I would assume he's saying a lot of that stuff to Joe too. I would assume that, but I know I learned a lot from him about. But Joe, I don't think Joe's done. I don't think Joe's retired. I, 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 from what I understand, he's still going to wrestle. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But he is doing a good job. He's, he, you know, he's credible as shit. You know that. I mean, which is very important to me. I'm a snob when it comes to hearing commentary in all sports, including pro wrestling. I want to hear someone as the commentator who's got credibility. I'm big into that. Huge into that. You know what I mean? Bodacious underscore Yui underscore Jones. No question. Uh, but uh, at Instagram needs to verify at Taz. Yeah, I know. Fuck fucking people. Fuck them. How about that? All right. Fuck Instagram. How's that? All right. Uh, Naz underscore Grams. In your opinion, why is AW Dynamite and WWE NXT so much better than Raw and SmackDown? Well, 
if you do really feel it is much better, one simple word, it's competition. Even though it's really not a competition, they are competing. And if you look at the numbers this week, um, I'm I'm just, I'm not looking at them. I think it was 851 for AW and 847, something like that, for NXT. They were like six or seven or 8,000 views off. That's how close that it was. It's great, man. It's awesome for both, for both brands, for wrestling. That's a lot of people watching wrestling, man, on fucking Wednesday night. So no matter if they're competing or not, it's still they are still competing. So, you know, AEW and, and NXT, they're... You know, it's it, you, you got to put your best effort forward because you know people have an option to flip over. When you're watching Raw or watching SmackDown, you don't have that option. So that's something to think about. You know what I mean? But good question. Good question. Good question. 23, Spectra Harvey. What was your favorite backstage moment from your days in TNA? Hashtag Taz Tales. Boys and girls, pull up your stools. It is now time for Taz Tales. Well, I have to say, Mike today and I had a blast always backstage. I talk about Mike a lot, as you know. So he and I were broadcast colleagues, and most of the shows were done in Orlando, Orlando, Florida, at the uh, the gimmick Universal Studios, and we had the sound stage there where we used to do the TV, TNA show, the TV show. So we had a trailer, and um, and that's what we used to prep, and you know, and and we were connected with the knockouts the girls and so it was really like you know it was crazy because our trailer like i said connected with the girls but there was a door so they had their privacy obviously we had ours but um they had a much bigger room because there was a lot of girls it was just me and mike sometimes jeremy borash would come in there and just you know prepare put your suit on whatever it is and i remember when i first got to tna i'm like man it's fucking florida and this there's no AC in this trailer, and I just gave a guy some money, one of the runners, and bought an air condition and put it in there. That fucking thing's probably still in there, and I paid for it. Um, so Mike was like, oh, my God, let me give you half the money. I don't give you half the money. It's fine. I don't, I don't fucking need half the money, but thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so we would just sit in the air conditioning room and show prep and laugh and just fucking have a blast. I remember, like, when we were doing a pay-per-view um, or something like that on a Sunday, a lot of the guys, different guys without naming names, would come in and they would they would maybe take a little action, as we call it, a little sports betting on on NFL Sundays. And um, Mike, you know, being a Las Vegas guy and, you know, used to run a sports book uh, for one of the casinos in Vegas for many years. You know, he knows his uh, gambling, his sports betting and his sports. So a lot of times guys would come in. I, that was good memories. Just seeing some guys come in there and big name stars that would sit with Mike on a live pay-per-view and get some advice from him. Hey, what do you like about this team today? What about this team? Should I do this? What about that? And dude, it was funny. So uh, just that kind of shit, hanging out with, with me today. Just We had a lot of fun. We used to really just cut it up and just he's just a great guy. I miss him a lot. You know, um, good question, though. Underscore crapula. Who you never wrestled that you always wanted to wrestle? Hashtag human suplex machine. Hashtag dump comrade on his head. That's Cameron, Cameron Thompson. Hashtag Taz Talk. Hashtag Jones. Hashtag Jones. God. I've talked about this many times in the past. I mean, one of the first guys that comes to mind would be Brett the Hitman Hart. I would have loved to work with him. I was in my prime when he was in his prime, and it would have been great. Even though he's a little bit older than me, it would have been great to to wrestle him in the late '90s or, or you know, 
1998 ish something like that I, I think him and i would have really our chemistry would have jumped out uh as good dance partners in that ring wrestling each other i just think it would have worked so just again off the top of my head i would say <clears throat> brett the hitman heart um also you know years later i mean i was out of the ring by then but aj styles man i would love to work with aj when he was in aw aw uh, tna or what he's doing now um I think that too. I've always worked well with guys that are flyers because I never had a problem catching guys. I would eat the catch. I would because guys were putting their bodies on the line. The guys had no problem di- doing dives on me because they they trusted me to fucking catch them. So you know, a lot of people said during those ECW days I was a fucking asshole. I was tough to deal with. I was a prick. I was a hard ass. I took my tough self too serious, and all this shit. Well, that might all be true, but when you got in the ring with me and you were doing a dive in or out of that ring, no matter if I liked you or not. I protected your body and caught you. That was my job, and I always did that. So a guy like AJ is an amazing high flyer, and his groundwork is great too. So I would have loved loved to work with him. So that would have been, to me, uh, a lot of fun. I just think that all chemistry would have came out just like, you know, again, I know AJ's younger than <clears throat> Brett, and AJ, AJ's younger than me, but I do think he's a guy that I, I would have – Love to work with, you know, even the AJ now in WWE who's doing great stuff. So, so he's just a tremendous, tremendous talent. So, yeah, no water break in the show. Oh, what do you mean? What the fuck? Too bad. Okay, too bad. It's the holiday season. I'm looking. I'm not looking to be giving. Okay, I'm not. I'm. I'm kind of in a little bit of a fucking grumpy mood lately, to be honest with you. So I don't feel like drinking water right now. I feel like going to break. You know, side of break. I'll continue. Tassel Jones. Back here on the Taz show. Yeah. We're doing Taz Hall. We got Blackheart underscore bag. That's Blackheart underscore bag with two G's. B-A-G-G. Blackheart underscore bag. His question is this. Shoe size? With a question mark. Might have mentioned my shoe size in the past. For a guy who was not tall, slightly vertically challenged. Uh, I actually wear an 11, well, no, a 12, sometimes 12 and a half. My foot grew over the years. It's kind of fucking weird. I used to be like an 11. During my prime, I was probably like 11 and a half, and my foot, foot keeps growing. Both of them. Like a 12, 12 and a half. Drop a podcast a year from now, I'll be fucking talking about my foot size. It'll be a fucking 15. I'm like a clown. Fucking clown shoes Jones. Chan, man, my old friend, he's got a question. Lots of comparisons to Samoa Joe's situation to yours. At Joe's age, with his injury history, would you suggest he retires and become a full-time commentator? Thanks, Taz. You're the man. Huh. Uh, well, that's obviously up to Joe. I don't know. I don't know the details of his injury history. When I do think of Samoa Joe, I don't think of him as someone who's been Who's had a lot of injuries I don't Maybe he has Unbeknownst to me But <clears throat> I can't think of like Any catastrophic stuff I mean maybe I'm missing something I haven't followed his injury career Even though we're friends But I know right now He's on out on a thumb injury So um, 
<clears throat> I, I don't I mean I it's tough to say Chan man like I just say that's up to him I mean he, he's like I said 39 40 or 38 something like that let's say he's 40 years old uh yeah it's a young man's business but I gotta be honest with you you know like Samoa Joe you know he is um he does not come off his ring work like he's you know that age I'm looking right now he's 40 I just checked wow he he comes off to me younger you know I just I don't know why I just he he I feel like he still goes great I think his work right now in WWE is just as good as it was in TNA and Ring of Honor I mean really I do I you know I don't think he's missed a beat but that's just me I want to say something too chairman I know you to bring this up but like um you got to understand, too, like, and I mentioned earlier about Samoa Joe, but Chan, you just brought this up again, so I'll, I'll just, one thing I didn't mention. You understand, too, Samoa Joe, like, has gotten a much, much better wrestling push than I got. Like, he's had a really, you know, really good push. Could they have pushed him more? Could they still push him more? Absolutely. But he's had a much better push than I have. So why am I bringing that up? I'll tell you why I'm bringing it up. They have a lot more money invested in him as a wrestler than they did have invested in me Even though they were paying me really well I wasn't getting pushed hard So the, the investment wasn't in it As much as they're investing in Joe Or have invested in Joe So for me to make the transition To the announce desk due to my injuries It also was twofold for Vince And Kevin Dunn Because they didn't you know, There wasn't a ton of money invested in me As being a semi-main eventer Or, or main eventer I, I look at Joe in a different situation I think he's had a much better push and, you know, stuff like that as a wrestler, which I'm happy for him. So that's something that fans don't think about and people who do podcasts that, that think they're hosts don't think about because they don't know. They never lived it. So I come out here and fucking talk about it for free. All right. Speaking of free, Free 82 What a fucking segue. Didn't even plan that. With Raw being three hours, do you think they should rotate commentary teams? For example, Byron Saxton and Tom Phillips for the first 90 minutes. Then Vic Joseph and the King for the next 90 minutes. I don't think so. I, I'm not a huge fan of rotating commentary. I know why companies do it at times. I don't hate it. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, here's the other reason why, uh, J Free 82. I think Vic Joseph is your guy. I think on Raw, they're trying to make him the guy, like JR was the guy on Raw and Michael Cole was the guy on Raw. Now they want to go Vic Joseph is the guy on Raw. And I think Vic Joseph is very good. I think he's doing a really good job. He is, and um, um, there's something about him that gives me a little reminders of Joey Styles. He also has got a little bit of a Michael Cole sound, a little bit, I, but he's kind of he's his own man too. I think he does a really good job. So I'm not a big fan of the rotating thing, but it's a good question, and I understand why you would say that. Um, you know, uh, someone. Oh, look at this. We had a little comment off of this from Paul Dot Pompeo. All four of those guys are the reasons that I don't watch Raw. Wow. Wow. He's not a Saxton fan. He's not a Phillips fan. He's not a Lawler fan. He's not a Vic Joseph fan. He hates them all. Damn. J382, now I'm reading fucking Instagram exchange. He said, I can respect that. I only mentioned those four as they were the most recent to mine. See, that's a nice response by Jayfree82. It's a lot of times on social media, someone would attack like a fucking pouncing jaguar on someone if they came at them like that. But he didn't. Hi, Ro Jones. I respect that. 
W. Thompson, 8788. All right. Taz, what's your thoughts on the Sandman's comments regarding women shouldn't be in main eventing, uh, shouldn't be main eventing a show? Thank you, sir. Hashtag verify Taz. Hashtag Haggies Hassie Jones. Um, I, I saw that whole thing. I, I was reading it online the other day, and I think that was Saturday night, this past Saturday night. Um, it's if it's true. Um, if Sandman did say that stuff, it's completely fucking ridiculous, in my opinion, that he would say something like that. Um, it, it, it's, I, I, if that's the case, then he obviously doesn't know uh, how women's wrestling has evolved over the past shit, I don't know, over 10 years, and how things are just so much, the talent, the, the female talent has just gotten so much better, you know, like, uh, over time, because they've been given the opportunity, hence they got better. So I think it was the young lady, Jordan Grace, was the one who responded, and she's the one who kind of, you know, mentioned all this because she was one of the, the ladies uh, in that main event. And she said, hey, remember that time Sandman came, Sandman came up to four women about the main event to tell us uh, that women main eventing is wrong, and any male wrestler with any sort of experience would agree? Was this 1998? And she goes, no, it was tonight, December 2019. Now, this is what Grace tweeted. Uh, so I have a lot of experience, and I'm a former male wrestler, and um, I've held some championships. Uh, I, don't, um, I don't agree with Sandman one bit. Uh, I don't. Um, and I, apparently Sandman was saying publicly that, you know, he, he feels like fans, he feels like most fans are not ready, like to see ladies in, in main eventing and stuff like that, which is ridiculous. Which I don't understand why you would go up and even say that to these girls. I, I don't know why you would do that. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why. I, I, if it's true, I always get, you know, but I mean, I, I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, he's entitled to his opinion. He's entitled to go up to people and say what he wants, too. And I'm entitled to give my opinion and talk about it. I think it was fucking ridiculous. I do. So, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it made him relevant for a little bit. I normally don't bash people, but that dude has bashed me a shitload on different shoot interviews on stuff, and he had no idea what he's talking about. He commented on things from locker room stuff that he wasn't even near when shit happened. So, you know, I never had a problem with him, but apparently he's got a problem with me. But I don't see the guy anywhere, but whatever. So I, I got a comment. I got a comment because you asked the question, W. Thompson, 8788, what I thought about what he said. I thought it was ridiculous what he said. And apparently he really did say it because he commented on what he said. So... And good for these ladies that are ripping them up And guys that are ripping them up from the business I didn't put nothing publicly out Because I'm like, I'm not getting in the middle of that shit It's none of my business The ladies handled it the right way, it's none of my business You know what I mean C. Reyes, 14 Taz, what are your thoughts on AW audio issues The last two weeks Also, why hasn't he tagged AW AW signed you yet Oh wow, simple question right there huh, Reyes Couple things, uh, audio issue. Yeah, past two weeks, they definitely had some. This past week, that definitely was early in the show, and it was uh, you couldn't hear the announcers good. And then you could hear the announcers good, but then the audience was not good. I don't know if that's a satellite feed thing. If it's AW's fault at the end of the day, it might not be. It could be a satellite feed to the truck fault. 
Maybe it's the server they're using on that feed that has problems, or maybe they need to check into that. I'm sure they have checked into it. I've talked in the past about some of the men that run that truck, the men that are in that truck that I know. Uh, I don't know any of the ladies that work in the truck, so that's why I'm saying some of the men. I, um, I Those are professionals that uh, I would doubt if this would happen a third week. <laughs> I'm surprised it happened a second week. I'm surprised it wasn't rectified right away. But I'm sure I don't know the details of it. So I can't comment on that. Is it good? No, it's really bad. And and um, from what I'm understanding, it made a lot of people, at the higher brass in AEW, upset over it, and they should be upset. And there were a lot of pissed off people behind the scenes, and they should be. So it, it, you're you're handcuffed, you know, because you're not in a truck running it. You don't know how to run the truck, and you're like, well, what the hell's going on? And uh, if it's something with the satellite, the digital type thing. I, that's I don't know how that works. They got to figure that out. I, it's tough to even blame people running the truck unless it's the, the guy or girl in charge of the satellite feed. That's what I think that is. I don't think it's a microphone thing. I don't think it's mics in the building. Um, I I I don't think it's like that t- an audio technician's issue. I don't think it's that. I think it's a satellite thing. It's just again my opinion from doing this job for a long time. But who knows? Um, I really don't know. And now, why haven't they signed me yet? Oh, we just haven't. It just hasn't happened. I mean, it's just maybe it will, maybe it won't in 2020. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, I feel like I have a very good rapport with them. I've, you know, I mean, uh, Tony Khan, I have a lot of respect for. I've talked to him a lot. And, and, and all the EVPs, I know those guys personally, as you guys know. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's, yeah, I, I can't get into my private business, obviously. So I can't go any deeper than that, C. Reyes. But, um, but, you know, uh, who knows? We'll see what 2020 brings, right? I mean, who knows? Uh, underscore Sean dot H15. Hey, Taz, I need a little bit of advice. When I'm watching WWE or AEW and a wrestler is cutting a promo, I would cut a similar promo. Is this a good way to learn how to cut promos? No. It's a bad way to cut promos. Here's why, Sean. That wrestler is cutting that promo, and that wrestler has... Uh, emotional engagement um, In that promo Because he's in that storyline Or she's in that storyline You're not You're just taking what someone's saying And trying to put it in your words I'm not saying it's bad to do once in a while No You, you, you could take You could take um, A storyline that you're seeing And then in your brain Rewrite what you would say about that And then cut the promo that way No, the best way to cut a promo Is in front of a mirror and you got to have passion about it. So it's tough for you to have passion. You know, I'll give you an example. So if Cody Rhodes, he's cutting a promo on MJF, Sean, okay, uh, he's pissed at MJF, you know, in the character, obviously. So he's cutting a promo. So he's he's in, he's engaged in that. He's he's emotionally engaged. You're cutting a promo about MJF because Cody Rhodes is cutting a promo. You're not engaged. In, you don't give a shit. What do you care? So it's not going to come out as good. You're also not as good as him, probably. You might be. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know you. I'm just saying. So I know you're not comparing yourself to these other guys as far as ability, but you got to have. So let's say, Sean, that now you're in promo class with Taz. Let's say uh, you got a problem with stop signs. You think, well, fuck, you know, I drive all over the place. And I have no problem with red lights and when they turn yellow and then, you know, and then they turn red. So they're green. Then they go yellow and I slow down or don't don't rush through the intersection. And now it's red. I know I have to stop the fucking car before the walk walk. And that's what I do. But these 
fucking god dang fucking stop signs suck. I wish that everything was a red light. Just get rid of the stop signs and give me red lights. Enough of this shit with the stop signs. Do I stop? Do I not stop? Do I California stop? What is a California stop? Do I New York stop? Do I fucking Arkansas stop? Is a Texas stop? What kind of stop is it? What am I doing? Am I stopping? Am I not stopping? At a red light, I know I'm stopping. At a stop sign, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So, Sean, I just cut a promo, ad-libbed, something passionate about an anger towards stop signs as opposed to red lights. So hopefully you just learned something. Thank you for the question. Wolfgang, my friend from Germany. How much do does your how, okay Wolfgang? You know I get on you about your English issues because you're from Germany. So let's fix your English. You typed how much do your body suffer? No, it's how much does your body suffer? I don't know how you spell that. Your it's either Y O U R or Y O U apostrophe R E. That I'm fucked on. If you work long and tough matches every day like Adam Cole on Survivor Series weekend, hashtag running the game, hashtag Taz show. Yeah, long matches will take it out of you. It beats the shit out of your body. There's no doubt about it. There's nothing to hide but that. You're right. It's it's tough. It's tough, especially if you have back-to-back matches that are long. Those are tough. I mean, Sabu and I were doing a bunch in ECW, 30-minute broadways all over the place. Time of draws, you know. They were fucking brutal. Our bodies were fucking shot leading up to one of the big pay-per-views. Um, Good question, Wolfie. I hope you're good. Joe Scoria, those thick black barricades WWE uses instead of the uh, the guardrails, do they tran- transport them from venue to venue, or are they just standard barricades venues have on hand these days? No, 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 no. They are transported in one of the multiple uh, tractor trailers that go from town to town. With WWE, so no, those are part of the set, as you would call it. That's what that is, Joe. Those are part of the set. Uh, if you, if the, if it's the one you're talking about, the ones that make like a kind of a circle, the the black side, they're not, they're not, um, they're not rods, they're not metal rods, right? You know, you see those the buildings. A lot of buildings have those, but I think for like if you're having a bigger set, you gotta have to rent the other metal ones. But the WWE ones, the wall you're talking about, no, that's custom made. That's custom made by WWE, and they travel with those things. Um, Anthony uh, Anthony TV and radio Taz, I love ECW, and I have been looking for an alternative uh, to WWE for a while. I had high hopes for AEW, but it feels too much like WCW ring announcer announcers, etc. Is it crazy that I'm enjoying MLW more? Hashtag Bills 14 Ravens 41. I hope you're wrong on that fucking score you're given. That's going to happen. I hope that doesn't happen. There's a good chance because the fucking Ravens are legit. And I'm worried about the Bills run defense as uh, Ingram's running amok along with your quarterback, LJ, as I call him. Uh, and then he put hashtag goodbye to CBS radio in January. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, anyway. So here's the thing, right? Um, listen, MLW does a great show. I could see why. If you were a big ECW fan and you like ECW content from the past, MLW has a similar – there's a similar type feel for sure. There's a similar t- – I get it. Yeah, I could see that. I've talked about that in the past. I wouldn't bail on AEW so quick. I wouldn't. I get the WCW thing. I understand that. I I, I don't think they're hiding from that. I think 
that it feels like that with TNT sometimes, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Unless you don't like it, then you don't watch it. But, you know, uh, no, MW puts on a good show. There's no doubt about it. And they just had a big show in New York, Opera Jones. So, uh, I, but they, Kalamuchi, yeah. Did you see AW running the, do you see AW running the garden anytime soon? Pay per view or TV, will it sell out? Hashtag Taz Show, hashtag FTW, hashtag Waterbreak Jones. Yes, yes, and yes. I do see AW, in my opinion, running the garden. One time soon And I do think it'll be a TV And I do think it'll sell out I do, I really do um, Because I think they'll push the shit out of it And you're going to get enough people in the tri-state area They're going to come to the world's most famous arena To see an AW deal like that happen I do think that'll happen uh, Bison Unbranded uh, Where you been hiding? Hashtag free lunch, hashtag hungry uh, New job, who this? Uh, Bison Unbranded, I, I'm on the radio every day as of recent. I'm, I'm not hiding anywhere. I'm on social media. I'm a presence like no other presence. I've not been hiding. I just missed doing a couple of shows, podcasts. So I covered that earlier, uh, but no problem with your question. I understand. I'm not that angry. The underscore P dot A dot underscore show. Is there a reason why wrestlers don't use the heart punch anymore? I wasn't sure if it was legit dangerous move in wrestling. I think you might be joking, but I do think if pushed right, you can get the heart punch over almost in a quasi-comical type way. Um, I I think it could be kind of entertaining. But, yeah, no, I don't think it was really dangerous. Again, I don't know. You didn't utilize an emoji in this one, so I don't know if you're shooting with me or what. (sighs) Germat6718 in NXT... If NXT had been around when you signed with WWF, do you feel that your time as a wrestler would have been different? Uh, Yes, there's a quick answer. Either in the sense that the audience would have been more familiar with you since you debuted or uh, in the sense that you would have been in WWF-style wrestling. Uh, No, neither of those reasons. I had no problem with the audience. The audience knew me, um, and the audience, I I was blessed that the audience connected with me that, that I was new to. So because that garden debut helped I think my style and look helped um, My audience wasn't the, the My problem wasn't the audience connecting with me My probably, problem wasn't WWF style wrestling My problem was uh, Maybe some of the higher name talent in the back Burying me behind my back <laughs> That was the problem Not just for me but a lot of guys uh, The company just decided not to push me it was a different time back then It was year 2000 You know, We're going back 20 years WWE does things different now But that It was a cutthroat locker room guys Like it was fucking nasty Nasty Yo you don't know man <laughs> It's not like that anymore It's not like that And it's good That's good that it's not like that no more Wrestling's different Wrestlers are different It's different And that's good So it had nothing to do with style wrestling It had nothing to do with the audience Trust me my friend But thank you uh, KTV underscore 619 As an announcer do you have a favorite type match to call? Um, I, no, I don't. Um, I don't. I'm good either way. I'd rather call a singles match than a tag match. But I don't mind tag matches, but no, I'm good either way. Uh, I don't need gimmick matches. I'm not a fan of gimmick matches, but I call them. You know, uh, no regular straight up match. Here we go. Give me a little time though. I'd like eight minutes or more. I'm happy. Uh, on SmackDown for a long time, we had a lot of six minute matches. Those were a bitch to call. So uh, there you have it uh, What else we got Gambino 2004 RD Taz do you see guys like Shinsuke Humberto Andrade uh, Apollo Cruz, Mustafa Ali Looked over because they don't fit the mold And we get Kofi And we get a Kofi uh, run To appease the voices of the people These guys can carry 
can carry the WWE brand, but nothing. Um, you know, I I I I don't think um, I don't think that's the. I think it's more of a, a promo cutting ability. In in all those men that you mentioned, I mean, Mustafa Ali cuts a good promo, so that'll give you. But the other guys, look, it's it's about connecting verbally. You know, that's it's about connecting verbally, in my opinion. Um, and I told you guys when Nakamura came in from the NXT, I said, and same thing with Oscar, I said it's gonna be hard with Vince. You got to be able to talk to people into the building, you know, and and that that was the issue with that. So, boss underscore man underscore Mick. Many time, long time ago, many many time, long time. Oh, I got it. Did Steve Austin send you his beer this time? Love the free lunch, verified task. No, Steve didn't, and it's gonna be an ongoing rip. Remy told me, fucking. Give me your uh, address, and I'll, so you get off. I get off his ass, and I forgot to give my address. So in defense of Steve, I never sent him my my address, my new address. So I can't blame Steve, but it's all good. No, I love Steve; he's my friend. Uh, Fern Dunn four. What do you think of the Rusev Lana storyline so far? Uh, you know what? It, it it's got to a point that I'm used to it now. I mean, early on, I was like, Ugh, it's a little cringeworthy, but they wanted it to be cringeworthy. Um, now it's like, ah, right, whatever. I, you know, it's just it's. All four, all three of these people are, are getting over to the sense that people, you know, they're becoming bigger names. I'm not saying I agree with it, I'm, I, but, you know, I understand the entertainment part of wrestling. I get it. So, you know, um, it's not my cup of tea, you know, but whatever. Sports Wired Audio. Taz, long-time listener, first-time question provider. Deep question here. Can you give your give me your opinion or view on how first WrestleMania changed the landscape of professional wrestling uh, in sports entertainment? Huge. It, it showed like a massive event could happen. Now, we've seen some other big events back then in wrestling, but this was massive, and it really showed, and I think it set a table. And I know Vince and Linda McMahon put everything they had into that event financially, and it was either make or break, and they made. So it worked out for them, you know what I mean? Um, so good question, though. Mets Pack 15, what percentage of merch does talent get? It seems top talent can make more uh, on that than whatever their guarantee is. Uh, dude, I can't. I'm not going to get into percentages and stuff. That's kind of private stuff. You know, um, yeah. And most guys don't talk about that backstage. Everyone's at different deals in their contract. So I never was one that tried to pry into people's business. Um, but, you know, I understand the question. It's cool. Philip underscore King underscore Slayer. Uh, I can't help but notice that WWE doesn't always show you the respect you deserve. Have you ever considered speaking to Vince? Um, yeah, you know, I don't think it's that they're, it's disrespect. I just think they're they're they got so much going on. The last thing on their mind are, are people that used to wrestle or commentate for them. But you know, uh, no, I I I actually spoke to a few people that are very close with Vince. And um, I don't think Vince and I have. I don't think Vince has a problem with me, and nor should he. I don't know why he'd have a problem with me. I've always been so respectful to him, and and even when I left, I never bashed the company. I mean, I left. I left on my terms. I get it, you know. But I, I don't know. I, I and that's why I was saying to someone, you know, a while back. I'm like, I don't know what what the guy could have a problem with me about, and, and apparently he has no problem with me. So you know, I just think they're so busy doing so much that they're not thinking of me. I guess so, but. I mean, I'm sure once we see each other or, or, or talk on the phone or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll bring it up. Vince is the type of guy you want to talk to face-to-face, though. He's old school, so I would talk to him face-to-face, you know, not in an email or something like that. I would rather, you know, do that. But it's not, man, I'm not losing sleep over it, so it's all good, you know, whatever. Sometimes it bothers me more than others, but, 
you know, it is what it is. I was never, you know, Steve Austin there or The Undertaker or The Rock or Triple H. I was never a big, huge star like that. And those are the ones that, that play still. Those are the ones that, you know, that the company has millions of dollars invested in. And they still, you know, give those guys the respect those guys have earned. I get that. But there's a lot of other people that have earned stuff too. But, you know, they don't get too much love. Geno's Brights. Thoughts on the new Mets ownership, owner situation. Uh, when will it pay off? I hope it happens soon. Sooner rather than later, I should say. Stephen A. Cohen, a billionaire, hedge fund Jones, a hedge fund guy. He, uh, Will Ponce, uh, he's, you know, he, he's kind of owner Jones. He's a Long Island guy, but lives up in Greenwich, Connecticut. Speaking of Vince, probably lives right next door to Vince, meaning five miles away is next door. So big money up in Greenwich, but he's from, uh, I know he's from the North Shore of Long Island. Then he went to UPenn, Ivy League Jones, uh, Wharton School of Business. Big money guy, big billionaire hedge fund Jones. So, yeah, hopefully it goes well. I know my shit. Um, La, 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 la. I said, QL, do you think the whole thing with CM Punk and Rollins is a work that will eventually lead to a match at WrestleMania? Yes and yes. I've talked about this before. It's a total work, in my opinion. And we're going to see these guys work. And they're doing it right the way they're doing it because they're – they're doing it slow and they're building it slow and they're dropping it in. And I think it's smart business what they're doing. Uh, Beans, the comedian. If you could be a color commentator for any other sport besides wrestling, what would it be? <sighs> football. Probably uh, NFL football, not college football. Football, for sure. Uh, Jason1366, how do you feel about Motley Crue getting back together? I don't give a shit. Uh, but I know they had some great songs Red Hot, I remember that song Shout the Devil Shout, shout, shout Shout out the devil yeah, Great band, all that, but I'm indifferent I really don't care uh, I was never like a huge Motley F- Crew fan But I you know, I, I like some of their songs, it's cool uh, Yeah, and that's really it So we end on a Motley Crew note And that's what it's all about Go from Motley Crew to Bazanji That's how we do that right there See what happened Natural segue Kinda Maybe not Alright so You guys are gonna have a great weekend You're gonna Spread the word of the podcast You're gonna give me reviews You're gonna put me over You're gonna go on iTunes And fucking go off And five star the shit out of me Uh What else you gonna do You're gonna go to TazShirts.com Buy yourself a shirt Probably not a good show To the end of the show To promote the H2O Jones shirt Cause I took the water break From you today Probably a dumb move, but that's how I do things Uh, yeah, so, uh, stay tuned A lot going on in my career Um, stuff will come out soon And we're gonna keep on fucking keeping on, baby Alright, guys Appreciate you I'm Taz, you're not Talk to you guys, uh, early in the week next week We'll get two shows out next week at least Alright, guys, I'm out, see ya I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at, to go and pour another drink just to get away, we gotta live it up, Carolina here to stay, I'm hoping I won't let you go. A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. 
During Owner Appreciation Month, finance get $3,750 total cash allowance on the purchase of select 2020 Jeep Compass Latitude 4x4 models in dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Compass Latitude models as of 1-3-2020 in dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark.